When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we're talking more about Friday night's game. Uh, I just finished re-watching that game. It was a, a lengthy and honestly not fun at all process. Um, I think that there are some things that you look back on and say, okay, this isn't so bad, and there are some things that you say, well, this is bad, um, which I think is kind of what we expected. Um, we'll talk a lot about Brendan Lewis. We'll talk some more about this running game and the slow start that it had. Um, I think, I think Robert Barnes coming back from the groin injury, whenever that happens is going to be, it's going to be big for this team. Um, I've I've got a lot of notes to get through because I just spent three hours watching this game again. Um, and I, and I took so many notes. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we're just gonna run through all these notes in no particular order. Um, well, actually, the order is the order of the game, but it's gonna feel like there's no order because a lot of it's just like jumping off points. Um, like Quinn Perry started things off with a nice special teams tackle. Um, didn't actually notice too much of him the rest of the way. There was like a coverage thing, but yeah, we're just gonna start at the top, go all the way through. Might be a little bit longer podcast. But I think I found some pretty interesting stuff in here, especially stuff on Brendan Lewis. And we all want to talk about Brendan, right? Um, Before we get into it, though, I want to remind you guys that if you are looking for something fun to do, you should uh, go to Infinity Park in Glendale because they're doing a bunch of awesome stuff this summer, like hosting outdoor movies, concerts, that sort of thing. So go to infinitypark at glendale.com slash events. They'll get you all set up. It's a cool thing. Check it out. All right. Um, I don't think there's any like notes or anything to go through before this starts. It's Monday. Um, no media availability on Mondays during the season. So the, the NCAA says that teams have to have an off day and you can pick what that off day is and so CU football's off day Mondays Uh, so there will be the media press conference tomorrow which is Tuesday we'll talk to uh, Carl Durrell talk to a couple of the players maybe uh, I I guess that's going to be Brendan Lewis and Nate Landman 
we'll see who they put up there. Um, Wednesday, there will also be a media availability. That's when I'll be able to talk to whoever I want to talk to. And to be honest, I have not really started thinking about who that could be. Um, I'm going to have to make some notes on that when we run through if there's anything I want to talk to anybody about. Um, yeah, so that's what's going on here. Obviously, uh, Texas A&M plays on Saturday. Oh, here's something. Uh, it does sound like we're going to be doing buses to the bar or from the bar to the game on Saturday. So if you're not sure what you're doing for game day, come hang out at the DMVR bar and then there'll be like buses. And I'm not sure what times those are or I, I think it's going to cost like $20 or something. Um and then it'll bring you back to the bar after the game. There's like, I think there's only like a dozen parking spots there, which honestly, I guess is quite a few, but then there's street parking in that entire neighborhood and there's spots around. Um, so if you're willing to walk two blocks and stuff, then you can uh, pay $20 to ride the bus instead of paying like $40 to park at the Broncos stadium. Um, anything else for notes? I don't think so. Let's just, uh, Let's just stop with the notes and get going with this game. Um, like I said, started with Quimperi making a, a special teams tackle. Looked nice there. Um, pinned him back pretty deep. Um, first play, I thought I thought Carson looked good. We're not literally going play by play through this. Um, it's just whenever there's notes. Um, but uh, yeah, Carson had had a nice little pressure off the edge. Um, there's like a, a, a pump fake. He read the quarterback and he like jumped up in the air and it got way up off the ground and could have swatted the ball. Then the quarterback kind of ran out. He chases him out, um, just kind of all over him. And, and that's what you like to see. That's what Carson Wells is, is a pretty explosive player who, who's very active. And when the quarterback gets out of the pocket, Carson's going to be right on his heels because he is so explosive and because he, he is so active. Um, on that play, though, you remember that this game started with two completions from Carson Wells, or sorry, from uh, Dylan McCaffrey. Watching that much football just sucks your brain out of you. Um, but the, the two completions um, after the game, you know, Nate said they expected them to line up in 12 personnel, 21 personnel, that kind of stuff. And so when, when Northern Colorado went out there with some spread looks early on and just wanted to throw the ball, Caught the buffs off guard, and that's what we saw when they picked up those two first downs. Uh, the first one, it was, uh, speaking of Quinn Perry, um, he was kind of in coverage. Was, I think it was like a zone thing. Nate and Quinn both kind of like following the quarterback as he rolls out. Nate's charging the quarterback with Carson there, rushing him, making sure that ball comes out. Quinn really didn't contribute anything to the rush because those guys had like a step on him and you don't need a third. Um, but, but he was kind of like leaning forward and then the receiver was able to just sneak behind him um, and caught the ball, picked up the first down, 12, 15 yards. Just, just a little mistake from Quinn Perry there in coverage. Again, he hasn't like played a lot of football, so I'm not too concerned yet. But, you know... It, that there aren't a lot of there isn't a lot of time for growing pains at this point. You know, we've got Texas A&M on Saturday. You can't be making those little mistakes against Texas A&M or you're just straight up not going to win. That's the way that game goes. Um when you just look at Quinn Perry as a player, you probably say, "Yeah, you know, there's some good things that he's done, some things to be excited about. It's it's going to be kind of a feeling out process because, you know, he is listed as a starter. He did start this game too." But 
you 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 need to be full go right now <laughs> if you want to have a chance on Saturday. Um, you know, some some other stuff. Diam Rodman, some good hustle. Got got downfield fast. Tackled a running back on on a passing play on that next play. Um, it was just it was kind of a simple little thing like. They they just put a bunch of receivers on the left. They all went deep. The the running back kind of just ran out behind him, and and all of a sudden there's a bunch of space because they pulled all those defenders downfield. And so those were those first couple plays. From there though, everything obviously kind of tightened up. Um, actually, so so those first couple plays they were in a nickel look. Then they then they went heavier, and uh, Colorado went to the three four. In going back and watching that game, I didn't see a single play where there was a four three. Um, it's one of those things that like you watch the game live and you're like, huh, it does seem like there's a lot more three, four going on than four, three, but then you're like, well, it's not like I've been taking notes on everyone, checking on every single play. Sometimes like from a distance, the four, three kind of looks like a nickel cause it's a four man front. It's just like how many linebackers are out there and is Chris Miller out there instead of one of them. Um, but yeah, and going back and watching, it was only three, four, which I thought was interesting. Something definitely to keep an eye on going forward. Um, because we did expect it to kind of be week by week. Um, that's what Chris Miller said, is that they're going to have their defenses that they run that week. And does that mean that this week they run the 4-3, or three weeks from now they run the 4-3, or did the, was the depth chart just, should it have been a 3-4 instead? I don't know. Um, we'll figure that out. But when when they did switch over to that 3-4, because the offense went heavier, um, that that defense was nice. Getting the backfield, um, Jalen Sami in particular was making a lot of plays, just so explosive. And I, and I mean, this is the kind of game where you expect him to, just because he is so big, like listed three hundred and twenty-five pounds. But he really was disruptive. And if you're a Buff fan, you know you probably look at that and say, "Hey, let's let's see what he can do this week. Maybe he has turned a corner, has turned into one of these All Pack Twelve type of guys." It's not outside of the realm of possibility. It's just that. We haven't seen that in the past, and we did this week, although that was against Northern Colorado. Um, From there, though, out of the 3-4, Colorado goes into its dime package. And uh, so so typically, Robert Barnes has been playing the money position, which is basically the, the dime defender. You know, if you, you take out a linebacker for your nickel defender, um, you take out a linebacker for your dime defender when you go dime. Well, really, it, it depends on how you set it up. But um, the Mo position is that dime position, that dime linebacker. And with Robert Barnes out, it was Chris Miller who was playing in his spot there. Um, obviously a little bit light to be playing the dime. Um, and you actually saw that on the first play. The first play was a screen pass to... to Chris's side and one of the linemen just kind of blocked him all the way out of the play and you know it would have been tough for him to fight through the block and make the tackle you hope that a guy like Robert Barnes you know if if he really is all that that we hope that he is going to be he does do that but at the very least you just need somebody who can kind of stand his ground a little bit and then not get pushed so far out of the way so it kind of just hedges it a little bit pushes him back inside and it probably cost him six or seven yards because he wasn't able to do that um when when Chris Miller did move into that dime linebacker spot, though, Makai Blackman took the basically a star position, the nickel spot, and Nigel Bethel was the cornerback who played outside. So so that was kind of our first look at that rotation, 
And we'll, we'll see what that looks like when Robert Barnes is back. Again, I'm not sure when that's going to be, but it could be that Barnes comes in next to Nate in, in the spot that Chris was playing. Chris stays at the star, and then you'd keep Blackman and Gonzalez outside. That, that'd be most likely, I'd guess. But there's a chance that they just want more coverage. They want another corner out there, and so they take Chris Miller off, move Blackman in the slot, and put Bethel on. That kind of surprised me, though. Um... What else do we have? Carson with a nice sack. He he was just so explosive off the, the, the off basically start of the game. Um, got called for a delay of game instead, so it didn't count. But just so explosive. Oh, and that was one that I thought could be fun to talk to this week. Um, talk about that sack. Some other stuff. Um, I think that was all my notes from that first drive. Um, so I was I was watching like the Pac-12 network rebroadcast which cut out like three or four drives in this game which I really hate but the place I usually go to to rewatch games doesn't have the Colorado game up. And that's why I didn't watch this yesterday instead. I was just thinking as a matter of time. I'm starting to think they might not post this one, which would be really disappointing. Um, but there's still plenty to talk about. So this is the second drive. You remember these first couple drives, Colorado couldn't get anything going at all. I think two, three and outs, um, a lot of running the ball and getting stuffed. And uh, obviously that's kind of what I keyed in on. So here's here's a couple of things that were going on. Um, for example, on the second drive, they start out with 11 personnel, Brady Russell playing tight end. And... There's only like five guys in the box for Northern Colorado, but they kind of have that slot defender not really defending anybody and just kind of playing as like an overhang out there, but definitely not in the box. And this was something that we saw throughout the game kind of give Colorado some problems. And we'll we'll potentially get into that now. We'll potentially get into it later. But he... uh, he a lot of the time was blitzing and the offensive line just wasn't accounting for him. And so you get like a free runner around the edge, which blew some plays up. Um, we'll, we'll save the rest of that conversation for later when we talk more about the offensive line, which actually might, might be pretty quick. Um, the, the point is though, the, that first run, Jarek had a running lane. He was going to be able to get outside and he slipped. And so now all of a sudden it's second and 10. Um, that's that's a passing play. You've got Brendan Rice on the left side running a dig. He gets open off the break. Um, there is kind of like a defender in the middle of the field, but off the break he was open. And you even ha- you could have watched him break, taken a step, and then thrown the ball, and he still would have been open. Um, instead, though, Brendan rolls out. Um, to the right, uh, before, I mean, it was kind of as Brendan was coming open, uh, it's like, well, you you have to, you know what that route is going to be. You know where he's going, and you know there's about to be an open receiver right there, because just, just like, look, it's, you, you know the route that he's running, and you can see that it's going to be open. He needs to throw that ball to Brendan. Um, he was very cautious on those, specifically on throws over the middle. I noticed going back and watching, the throws over the middle is where he really was just just kind of slow to pull the trigger. But then he rolls out right. Dimitri Stanley sitting underneath. The defender's behind him. Could have thrown him the ball. That guy in the middle of the field like follows Brendan across. All of a sudden, he gets to Dimitri Stanley. There was plenty of time to throw Dimitri the ball. There's plenty of time to throw Brendan the ball. But 
instead, the, those windows kind of fall apart and Brendan throws the ball away. It's just kind of a waste of a play. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit already Friday night, but it's not the end of the world for Brendan to be too cautious. You know, at this point, you want him to err on the side of caution probably. Um, against Northern Colorado in particular, you don't need to take advantage of every opportunity that you have, um, especially if that means that you're decreasing the chances of throwing a turnover in the game from whatever, 50% to 25%, um, something like that. But going forward, you know, if, if you have Brendan Rice coming open for a first down on second and 10, you've got to pick that up against Texas A&M. Going to third and 10 just doesn't, just won't work. Just won't work. Um, so yeah, uh, those are just a couple more notes there, but it did seem like in general, Brendan was a little bit uncomfortable throwing the ball to the middle of the field. And again, that could be intentional. Just saying, you know what? I'm not even going to mess with that. I know that we're going to do enough to win. We're going to be cautious, but still at some point that's got to come around. Similar to the Quinn Perry thing where it's like, yeah, you made a mistake. Mistakes happen. You're a young player. Next week though, the margin for error is very, very small. Um, Third and ten, there's a there's a window where he could have hit Brady Russell on a post, and it was open. It was like a slot post. There's the kind of very similar to the play before actually, where there is kind of a defender in the field, um, and I guess if you're if you're Brendan Lewis standing in the pocket like at field level, it looks like the defender is a little bit closer to Brady than he actually was. Um, but when you see it from like the TV angle, you're like, well, Brady's like. 10 yards away from the guy um and and instead brendan runs the ball and there was kind of like a running lane up the middle but it wasn't enough for him to go get 10 yards again because that defender was right there in the middle um and, and again th- that's one of the another thing that he just kind of needs to feel out he might have seen that and said okay there's one defender i have to worry about i've got to be able to go get 10 yards on him and it's like well no and when you play college defenders they're going to be able to make that tackle sometimes and that's just part of that feeling out process, that learning process. Um, what does it look like when when the seas kind of part and you're able to get 10 yards versus you're able to get 7 yards? And I think he wound up with like 8 or something points they had to punt. Um, the key is learning from those situations, I guess. Uh, we, we can move on, though. I'm sure we'll come back to Brendan a little bit. We absolutely will. Um... They punt. Ball goes back to Northern Colorado. Um, I, they're they're getting into the backfield. Colorado is. Jalen Sami's super explosive here. Um, first play though, it's a play action, and you'll remember this is the one where Nate like dove and just about was able to break up the pass. And I went back and watched, and just just a step slow. Um, and and I almost wonder if that's something where if he just committed to to sprinting instead of thinking about himself as being in coverage, you know? Like, like if you think about, like, what does Makai Blackman do on, like, a, a post route? You know, you drop. As soon as you see that guy make his break, you know it's a post. You just turn and sprint because you know where he's going. It's not like you totally ignore the guy, but you're not thinking, like, oh, what if he stops right here and he's open? Like, you, you're just sprinting as fast as you can so that you can kind of beat him to the spot. Um, with with Nate, it almost looked like he was like, well, yeah, I'm running with the guy. What if he like 
stops though and I run by it's like well that's not how the route works um so like, the, the point is he did look a step slow there I think he has that in him it's just going and running with the receiver instead of trying to it's I'm not struggling to put this into words but but just like cover you know I think he gets hung up on the fact that he's covering versus just running um Great, great read on a little swing pass by Nate on like the first and 15 after penalty on the next play. Um, that's all I've got on that drive. CU gets the ball. Uh, they get great field position. Um, Dimitri Stanley, long return. The, uh, the the punter hits him out of bounds late, so they wind up. I think inside the 30, they get to start this drive. Again, it's that five-man box thing that Northern Colorado is doing. Um and then they, they blitz from the slot. They send a safety on a blitz, and all of a sudden you've got seven guys going where the buffs only have six, and it doesn't work. And so you get stuck in a second and seven. And that's another one of those things where, first of all, it'd be nice if your quarterback or somebody on the offensive line, usually it's the center who calls these things out, identifies the blitz beforehand, and, and you say, okay, we've got these guys coming. Let's Let's turn this into like a little slant into the slot because that guy's going to be open, you know, something like that. Or even just like in general, it'd be nice if Colorado had been a little bit more threatening with the passing game beforehand so that Northern Colorado doesn't think that they can just on first down be blitzing two of their defensive backs because they feel like they're going to, to, to get beat behind that defense. But again, until Brendan starts taking advantage of what the defense gives him, the defense is going to be sending a lot of players at him and at the running game because that's what you're worried about when you play Colorado. And I think that on a lot of these runs, and we'll get there were some other issues too that we're about to get to, but the 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 secondary and the linebackers, they were just so quick to get downfield that there really weren't any running lanes just because they weren't worried about Brendan throwing the ball. Um, also though, um, so you wind up a second and seven, it's, it's a pass, it's a sack, Chance Lytle got beat around the outside, uh, Jake Wiley, the, there's like a little spin move, so he got beat on the inside, so both your tackles let guys go, they like meet at the quarterback, the safety is blitzing again, and, and he's, he's getting back there too, I think he's the one who actually puts Brendan on the ground. It was a it was a poor performance from the offensive line, specifically your offensive tackles on that play, um, and it was kind of the start of a, a string of tough plays for Chance Lytle. Um, go to third and fourteen. Brendan Rice gets called for false start. Now it's third and nineteen. Um, then Chance Lytle gets beat. Um, gets beat inside this time. I, I don't know that he even got a hand on the the, the rusher. Um, Again, Brady was open for the first down. It was another one of those slot posts where he's just kind of like curling into the space there. It was there. Um, in, in Brennan's defense, he was kind of chased out of the pocket. Um, but yeah, um, just throw the ball. Just throw the ball to, to the open receiver. Um, turned out that there was a late hit though so Colorado gets the free first down when things were not looking good um again not to like pick on Chance Lytle but this was a really tough series for him 
Uh, it's first and ten. Looks like there's going to be a bit of a running lane. Chance Lytle missed a block, blows things up. Now it's second and nine. Um, you know, it's, these things kind of add up. And maybe this is the point where you say, first of all, you have Frank Phillip on the way back. The tackle, I think week three or week four is what Carl said. Um, so Minnesota, uh, we, we could see him back. And if he's back, given what we've seen, I wouldn't be too surprised if he winds up with a starting spot. Um, you also have Max Ray, who made a couple of nice plays um, we'll, we'll talk more about those a little bit later on because obviously he didn't start. He subbed in later. Um, but, but I do think that there's going to be some changes on this offensive line. And in watching this first game, you know, Chance Lytle struggled, specifically struggled on, on this one possession. But you, you can't you can't afford to have that, especially when you have such a tight competition for these starting spots and you have some other options. Um, second and nine, though, they there's like a little easy completion to Brady. And this was this was a nice read in the middle of the field. A simple read, for sure, but you've got um, receivers running both ways, short across the middle. You've got... Uh, uh, Montana Lamonius Craig just kind of like sitting behind him, seven, eight, nine yards downfield. Um, Montana draws a defender. Defender looks at one of the crossers, and uh, Brady winds up open. Brendan hit him, picked up eight R- yards, got to third and one. Um, finally got a hole going. Jarek got a nice run, gets him down to the three. Um, no rotation early on in this game. It was all Jarek, and then I think Ashad, and then I think Alex. Again, we missed a couple drives in there, so it might have been like an alternating thing, and I don't remember for sure. Um, but I think that that's more of a uh, like almost because they probably treated this kind of like a preseason game. Um, I think that they probably thought, you know what, we're going to get Jarek his work first, and then we'll go to the next guy, and then we'll go to the next guy, and then we'll go to Dion. I don't think that that is uh, what we'll see during the season. I think that there's going to be like a nice little rotation. Um, oh, here's the thing. And actually, the, the, the commentators pointed this out too, but Montana Lamonius Craig, who, like I said, was out on the field, they were motioning him into the backfield and then letting him be almost like a lead blocker, which is not what you expect from a receiver. Um, but but he was productive doing that. Um, when when Jarek ran it in for that touchdown with a little spin move, Montana was the only receiver on the field. Might have been like rewarding him for the blocking, but that's something to pay attention to. And I do think that, I mean, not hot take after watching that game, but Montana is going to be an important piece of this offense. And whether he's the number four, number five receiver, I don't know, but he's in one of those two spots, I think. Um, also worth noting, when they went heavy down by the goal line, that was Jaylee Stacks, um, Brady Russell, Matt Lynch, Montana Lamonius Craig, and Broussard. Um, so, for what it's worth. Um, actually, let's, let's take a quick break here. We've got a lot more that I want to get to, but... Uh, Real quick, want to remind you guys, if you haven't become a member, I think that Camp 2021 promo code still works. Now is the time to get in on it. There's a bunch of new merch. I think only members can buy it today. One more reason to get a membership. Um, but in the next couple of days, anybody can get it. It's great stuff to use. 
that uh, $60 gift card on that, that will come with your uh, your annual subscription if you use that code CAMP2021. So definitely check that out. Um, also, Breckenridge Brewery, great partner of ours. Um, saw a bunch of you guys at the tailgate on Saturday. Those are a lot of fun. Those are a lot of fun. And Evan Batty was down there hanging out. Um, saw some of the other basketball guys, too, for, for just a minute. Um, the tailgate is less fun when you're under 21, though. And so so those guys had a little bit less interest. Um, but singing the fight song, doing all that kind of stuff with Evan. Um I didn't get the I didn't get the ladder ball out of my car. I'm gonna have to do that next week. Now that we have kind of figured out what this process is like for having tailgates, oh, I guess now we go straight into Texas A&M. We got to figure that out. Um, but Breckenridge Brewery gives us the beer for that, and, and we really appreciate it. It's uh, it it wouldn't be possible without them. Um, and so it's really cool that they're willing to hook us up there. Uh, if you guys made it to the tailgate, you probably have a new favorite Breckenridge beer. If you didn't, you should still check them out because there's a bunch of great options. Um, whether you like the seltzers, the lemonade seltzers, the, uh, I mean, Strawberry Sky is probably the most popular. They sell those at the uh, Buff Stadium. Oh, and another thing. Um, now Breckenridge is partnering with CU, like specifically the athletics department. They just announced that at the end of last week. So that's really cool too. One more reason to support Breckenridge Um so definitely do that. You can use the beer locator on their website. That's breckbrew.com to see where you can pick up any of their products. You won't be disappointed. Just choose one and I promise you'll like it. Also, fire up your tailgates. The NFL is back. Get in on the action before opening night kicks off with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And with the NFL returning, DraftKings is giving all customers the opportunity to participate in this year's no-brainer offer. DraftKings Sportsbook has moved the spread to Tampa Bay plus 73 for all customers. And that means you can still cash in as long as the reigning champs don't lose by 74 points against Dallas. And if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, don't miss out. DraftKings is giving new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet $1 or more on any football game. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR. And new customers, make sure you bet $1 on any football game to receive $200 in free bets instantly with promo code DMVR. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Uh, free bet promotion for new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Max wager limits apply. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Um, let's jump back into these notes. Oh, no, and it just auto-scrolled to the bottom, which I just realized is a long way away. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Uh, so CU gets the ball back. We didn't get to see the UNC possession. I'm sure there wasn't much there. Probably another three and out. There were, there was a string of three and outs in that, that part of the game. But, uh, this is now the fourth Colorado possession and they're trying to get Brendan to throw the ball. Um, and specifically giving him some easy reads. We, we talked about the, the one to Brady on that last drive. Well, here's another thing they did. Um, 
they just ran a simple little three-man route concept on the short side of the field. And the idea is that there, there really aren't enough defenders over there. One of these guys is going to be left open. And to, to make sure that there aren't enough defenders over there, instead of doing it to the, to the right side where you have two receivers already, they do it to the left side where you have a receiver. You've got Brady Russell. You've got Jared Broussard. So they just run their little routes. I think I don't even know who they hit there. Um, I didn't take note of who they they hit on that route, but you have Jarek just going with like a little uh, swing route to the left, um, and then I think it was like a hook and maybe like an out route, something like that. Um, but just simple to see who's open, pull the pull the trigger quick and hit them, and it worked. And I think that we're going to see more of that kind of stuff going forward. Just just little spacing concepts that make it really easy for Lewis to trust what he's seeing. Um, let's see. Oh, also on that play, Jarek Jarek um, got like lit up by the linebacker, and I guess that's allowed because he's behind the line of scrimmage. He's just kind of going out. Linebacker just puts him on his back, and they get up and like point at each other. Next play, Jarek runs for a first down. The play after that, Jarek gets to the edge. The linebacker's like diving, trying to stop him. And Jarek just like tiptoes the sideline. That's the one where he had like the little flyby, like 20 yards further downfield, the big run. Um, it was kind of cool to go back and see that there was a little bit of history between those two a couple plays before. Um, they put uh, Shaq Clayton in. Um, which I believe is the first time we've seen a running back other than Jarek in that game. Just interesting in terms of the order of the rotation. Could be wrong about that because we did miss a possession in there, but whatever. Um, and then uh, Lewis has his touchdown throw. Um, a shot on that play was running like a, a little, not really a wheel route because he didn't go wide, but just kind of running up the seam there. He had the defender on the outside. It looked like it was open. Not a great angle on the TV, um, but... Might have been able to to just get the ball to a shot instead of rolling out of the pocket. Um, which, again, when we talk about how easy it is to just read that, that one side of the field, that's maybe part of the reason he does roll out so much. It's just because there's a level of comfort in not having to worry about anything past the sideline. You know, there, there's nothing over there. Um, whereas you look on the middle of the field and it's like, okay, I like what I'm seeing in the middle. you got to pay attention to the right, pay attention to the left. If you if you roll out to the sideline, take out some of the equation, and also you know buy some time and do some of those things, it becomes a lot easier. Um, but I think that he might have had some options earlier in that play. Doesn't matter though, because because he rolls out beautiful ball to Montana Lamonius Craig, um, in the side of the end zone there. It it's a flash for sure. That's that's what you want to see is him being mobile and making those plays on the run. We know he has that. The question is, what else does he have right now, and what will he develop over the course of the next couple of years? Um, North Carolina gets the ball back. I mean, they're just getting manhandled again. Um, it would have been a three and out, but Christian Gonzalez was called for a holding downfield. It was a super weak call. Almost makes me wonder if uh, they meant to call somebody else. I mean, But the thing is, he did kind of grab him. It's almost like a, a little curl right route. Maybe, maybe it was supposed to be like a dig, but but Christian's like on top of him. The guy turns and Christian just has like one hand on the back of his jersey. 
just like staying with him. I, I don't think it impacted the play at all, but you know, they, they see a little bit of fist of Jersey, even if the guy isn't moving and you're not like pulling whatever it's, it's going to happen sometimes. Um, Nate blew up a screen like he does. Mark Perry was used on a blitz there and chased the quarterback out of the pocket. I think we'll see more of that against Texas A&M. I think that you're, you're kind of guessing at what you're going to see more of because I do think against Texas A&M, a lot of things are going to be different in terms of what Colorado is running um, and how they're using guys. And I think that maybe they just want to take a quick little peek at what Mark Perry looks like blitz, blitzing off that edge and... I think you would have had to have really liked it. So I do think that we'll see some of those. And, you know, if if he converts one or two of them into a sack, then that's one of the the, the things that you need to have happen to win that game. But still, again, like kind of guessing on what's going to be different about the game plan, I think we'll see more of that. Um, oh, there's good coverage on like a third down. It means that there's a running lane right up the middle, though, because honestly, it's a decent pass rush, too, but there's just a running lane up the middle, goes and picks it up, and then the drive keeps moving. All of a sudden, they're in scoring position toward the end of the half, and that was the interception to Makai. Um, I think that when I watched it live, it looked like a better ball would have been a touchdown. I think if it's a better ball, it's 50-50, it's a touchdown. You know, Makai probably did give him a little too much space, but he was like half running and he was only paying attention to that receiver. And I think that the reason was because he was trying to bait that throw a little bit. Um, I'm not totally sure, but if I, if I had to say, was he baiting him? Did, did he want that ball to be thrown to that receiver? Yes or no. I say probably yes. And it was kind of a gift, but still a good play for him to be able to accelerate and get to that ball. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct after I didn't I, I wasn't able to catch what happened live they just ran the ball down to the other end zone and posed like that's fine in the NFL which is kind of the crazy thing is that like the NFL which is totally against all of those sorts of things and just like added to their uh taunting rule this season like that is still allowed there I mean I don't know it's against the rules probably kind of lame that it is against the rules whatever though um it means that colorado with like a minute 10 on the clock gets the ball at uh their own like nine or something instead of the 20 it means that they can't try to push the ball downfield and score but after watching that first half i don't think that brendan and carl were scheming up a way to pick up you know 30 40 yards in just a few plays who knows though um so at this point, it's 14-0 at halftime. Uh, that 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 interception really did change some things. If if uh, Northern Colorado had cut that to 14-7 there, who knows what could have happened. Um, they didn't, though. And so it doesn't matter. Um, the, the, again, the feed I was watching cut out kind of the beginning, but I saw CU's second drive of the second half, I believe. Um, Alex Fontenot looks really fast. He's hitting the hole hard. Um, winds up uh, getting the touchdown that drive. It's a really great block from Jay Lee on that touchdown run. Kind of pushes guys back. Um, definitely what you want to see, right? We know that we're going to be seeing some Jay Lee stacks, but early on, it's probably going to be more blocking than 
him getting the ball so far so good and the more he's out there more likely it is they can start using him himself as more of a weapon um wells from that drive again blitzer from the slot just nobody picking up on it um Let's see, where do we go from there? Here's what I'll say. Um, again, Max Ray is on the bench. He's He isn't quite in the game yet at this point, but I think he's close to, to coming in. I do think that there's a real chance we see him start next week. Um, in particular, because I think back to a conversation I had with... Uh, who, who was that? I believe it was Kari. Um, who said that Max Ray is one of the smartest linemen that, that he's been around. And again, Max is a pretty young guy, so that's impressive. Uh, among other things, he's good at picking up on blitzers and calling that sort of thing out. And that's something that was missing um, with the group they had. Um, at this point in the game, uh, Jared Christian Lichtenhan was in and... He got beat on like a run block that, that meant that that was getting blown up. Um... I don't know. He's a young guy. He's a young guy. Um, time to develop for sure, and growing into that body can't be easy to do. He's like six foot ten. Um, yeah, decent little pass from Brendan Lewis on that drive. We can move along though. Um, I've got four more sections of notes. That means we're two thirds of the way done. Um, here we go. Northern Colorado gets the ball back. Uh, Guy Thomas did a great job sniffing out a screen on that one. Um, he was he was supposed to be rushing from that defensive end spot. Winds up just taking a step back, sticking with the guy, and, and Dylan McCaffrey has to just throw that ball onto the ground. It's good stuff. Um, then all of a sudden it's third and ten. Thomas is playing the outside linebacker spot. He winds up in man coverage on the running back. And just a little angle route, you know, running back starts going at like a 45-degree angle outside, cuts that to like a 45-degree angle inside, and gets by Guy Thomas on the third and 10, picks up like nine yards, and then uh, after that, they, they picked up the fourth and short with the QB sneak, there's a false start, and then uh, that uh, personal foul penalty that they, they said was on number 91, in the press box, in the stats, it was credited for being Jalen Sami. After the game, Sami said, like, I, I can't be giving up. Or nobody's worth 15 yards, not even me. Um, I think that that was the play that he was talking about. So so it could have been Naim, it could have been Sami. I think it was Sami. Um, but still, that, that extended the drive. Um, Justin Jackson, ha, ha, uh, he, he, the defensive lineman, he rotated in there. Um, Running back was downfield. He made a nice play to, to run him down. Um, good athlete. Haven't seen a lot of him, but we'll see more. There's a good little first taste there. Um, Isaiah Lewis gets called for the pass interference. Um, downfield, just one of those underthrown balls that's a tough break. Um, the next play, there's the touchdown throw, the only touchdown of the game. I think Chris Miller should have been on him. I can't really tell. It was like a bootleg, and all all the receivers were going right, so all the defenders, I think in zone coverage, were going to the right. And Chris Miller was a guy who wasn't covering anybody. He might have been like in the right spot, but it would have been nice if he would have found the open receiver. Uh, from there, uh, Christian Gonzalez, Isaiah Lewis both hit him. 
but uh, neither of them wrapped him up. He kept running, and it's like a 30-something yard touchdown. Can't have that next week. Uh, 21-7, so CU gets the ball back. Um, Ashad has a really nice run um, getting to the edge. He he looks fast. Um, Jalen Jackson had a nice block on that run from the slot. Um, Montana had a solid block. It was Montana's guy who wound up making the tackle, but Montana drove him downfield a little bit. Um, and then Max Ray, he he looks like an athlete out there, like six foot eight, leading the way for a shot. I don't know that he actually touched anybody on the play, but he was out there leading the way, which is which is something. Um, Colby Purcell whiffed on a block on the next play. Probably could have been a nice gain. It was like the only defender who was unblocked in the middle of the field. Who knows what a shot would have done with it, um, but a little mistake there. There was another block, I think, maybe on the next drive where Purcell. It was it was like a combo block. It was he actually it wasn't it wasn't. Now that I think back, he was blocking the center. All of a sudden, the left guard. Um, it's like a run to the right. The left guard takes the the nose tackle or whatever. Um, Purcell has to go to the right and can't quite get to the linebacker. I'm not sure that most centers could get to the linebacker there, but hey, it's just one more little note. Um, on the touchdown run, though, uh, Jay Lee again was in at fullback. Um, I couldn't tell exactly how important he was to the play on that one, but I don't know. He led the way on two touchdown runs. Uh, next time CU got the ball, Deion Smith is the running back. He looks super fast. Um, Brennan Lewis had the, the bootleg. He's like rolling left, which is hard for a right-handed quarterback to do. Daniel Arias is wide, wide, wide open on like a flag route. And I think Brendan just kind of rushed it. He, he didn't set his feet and throw the ball. He just kind of threw it on the run because he was wide open and he wanted to get the ball to his receiver. And he wound up missing what would have been a pretty easy touchdown throw. Um, there were guys coming in his face. I still think plenty of time just to set your feet, put put a little more air on it. Because that's the big thing about setting your feet is you just have your strength with you instead of feeling like you're throwing off your back foot. Um, you can put the ball up in the air a little bit more because it, it didn't have to be a perfect throw. Just let Daniel Arias run under it or underthrow it but put it up in the air so that he can just stay there and catch it and run it, whatever. It's a throw he needs to make. It's a throw he needs to make. Next play, though, rolls back to the right, hits Vontae. That was a really nice throw. Guy in his face had, like, almost a little pump fake. It was like a half pump fake, and then hits Vontae. Um, Dion had another nice run. Got the touchdown. Um, yeah. Also, oh, at the end of the game, we got to see a little bit of the, the younger corners. They subbed in. So you remember on the depth chart, there's six cornerbacks listed Three of them are, actually four of them are true freshmen, but Christian Gonzalez is only like technically a true freshman because he played last year. Uh, it just doesn't count for eligibility. But with like Nico Reed, uh, Tyron Taylor, and Kalen Moore, um, you know, I, Nico Reed made a couple of really nice plays. Uh, the other two were pretty solid. I, I don't think any of them are like ready to go play right now, but I do think that probably Nico Reed leads the way. And if there comes a time where his number is called this season, I'm excited to see what he does. You know, I think that if you're playing him consistently over the course of a 12-game season, 
there's going to be enough mistakes in there that by the end of the year you're saying, oh, no, this guy, he's screwing up. That's just the nature of young cornerbacks, um, except for Christian Gonzalez last year. Um, but even he had his moments. Um, if Nico Reed needs to sub in, make a couple plays, I'd be excited to see it. I think that I'm really excited. I think that this group of three corners, I guess you could even call it four with Christian Gonzalez, they're going to be good. Again, might take some time, whether that means next year or two years from now or whatever. Um, a couple of flashes there. A couple of flashes. It was fun to see him go play. Um, let's just wrap it up there. That was a lot of information. It was a lot of notes. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about the conversation we have with Carl Durrell. Um, actually, no. That will be Wednesday's podcast. We'll be talking about that. Tomorrow we have Matt McChesney on. Thursday, we'll probably talk... Oh, no. Okay, here's here's the real plan. So, today's Monday. Tomorrow, Tuesday, we have Matt McChesney. Wednesday, we'll talk about both media availabilities from Tuesday and Wednesday. Hopefully, I'll have an interview from Wednesday to play at the back end of the podcast. Thursday, we'll uh, talk about Texas A&M. Friday, who knows what Friday is going to be, but it'll be something fun. And then Saturday's game day. So there's our plan for the week. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening. If you guys have any notes, think I missed anything, like I think I missed the uh, Chase Penry catch, which was a great catch, but it, it was one of those, like, there were, like, four drives in this game that they didn't include. So I got to go get my hands on those somehow. But if you thought I missed anything, you have any other thoughts, leave those in the comment section. Excited to hear those, and uh, I will see you guys tomorrow with Matt McChesney.